0: Many people have come to know you from the healing videos that you posted and, and that's really led to a lot of opportunities to speak all over the world and churches yeah. worldwide. So, can can you tell us a little bit of a brief history for those who are not familiar with you, of your journey from pr- sort of pre-theology student to now?
1: Okay, um, there's a lot about that. to keep it short. So, yeah, so, so a lot of people know me for, like, a lot of my healing stuff. Um, but, but back in the day, I'm sure you already know my story a little bit. Like, I was born with only one hand. And so I struggled with, did you know, were you aware
0: of that? Well, I saw, I did see that in one of your videos. I was actually, yeah. it was the only video you, you talked about it. And, and I like, you know, for those who aren't familiar with um, that story, to hear about that, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. So um, they, if, if people want to know, like my sword, but you could check it out, I was interviewed by the 700 Club uh, several years ago. So uh, I was born with one hand, and uh, so I grew up in a very, like, uh, charismatic kind of church, and so my whole life I was trying to see healing, um, going to all these different miracle crusades. I wasn't into theology very much. I was just a simple kid going to church. Um, and then when I was about 17, um, I reached a turning point in my life where, I went to this crusade and had a high expectation that I didn't get healed, and then um, I just stopped believing in that stuff. I found a lot of this stuff kind of weird, because my whole life going to a church that believed in healing, um, I didn't see any miracles happen. I was very skeptical. Um, And at the same time, that was when I was 17, that was the same time I started getting into theology, even before I went to seminary school. So I was getting into something called um, apologetics, which is like an intellectual kind of defense of the Christian faith. It's basically how you defend Christianity against all the other religions, trying to prove that we're, we're right and everyone else is wrong, pretty much. And uh, my mentality at the time was that uh, not only did I criticize other religions, but I was very critical of, um, of even Christians that were doing healing because of my own lack of healing and my experiences that I, w- that I had growing up. And so I was really into that kind of... Um, Intellectual, kind of Christianity, very critical. I'll, I'll debate with people all the time. And, um, but yeah, prior to all that stuff, I never really questioned anything until that experience for me. You know, um, I wasn't mad at God. I was more just like saddened. because I was like, well, maybe miracles don't happen today. And, um, maybe I was deceived my whole life. You know, so that led me on an eight year journey of, um, Kind of like a, I you don't know that like a Christian skepticism. I was very skeptical of all the miracle claims from charismatics and Pentecostals and stuff. But then after eight years, um, I met a man who was marked as healed that I just couldn't explain away. And long story short, I was so persuaded by it, I went on my own journey again of revisiting this whole idea of healing, reading all the books that I used to read, reading books that I've never even heard of from guys that were supposedly respected by you know, this kind of community, and and I just started to believe it again for the first time after eight years, and I started praying for people and just instantly seeing people get healed, like, faster than, like, during the eight-year period, I would pray for people as a pastor, and I didn't really see anything, (laughs) you know, because I was very skeptical, too, you know, and, um, but, yeah, that eight-year period, I... I just started doing healing, and everything changed. And so I went, you know, during that time. If they want to know more about my background when it comes to church, I was like, I was born and raised in fundamentalism. So I, I grew up in an Assemblies of God church. Um, I taught apologetics at a Presbyterian church. I served as a pastor uh, for several years at a Southern Baptist church. Um, I was an evangelist at, at another Pentecostal church, and I was a missionary to the Philippines. So there, I've I, pretty much been around when it comes to the whole evangelical Christianity deal. So I don't know if I
0: answered the question well. Oh, you did, and you brought up a lot of other questions, which I'll get into later on. But I want to talk a little little bit about your latest book, um, which I I finished reading last night. And I really, really enjoyed it, and I'll tell you why. Um, It's probably one of the most honest books I've read about religion or the spiritual experience in a long time from someone who has, uh, who calls himself a Christian. Sure. In fact, it's probably the most honest, because you have sort of dispelled a lot of the myths and a lot of the doubts that people have um, that maybe They've thought about, but wouldn't dare say aloud. And you kind of talk about that in the book too, yeah. you know, sort of about you know people are getting scared to even question um, their <laughs> their faith. Um, but let's talk about the book first of all. What does it call for those who have not uh, heard of it?
1: Yeah, it's called uh, "So You Thought You Knew: Letting Go of Religion."
0: That's okay, title. excellent. And, and and how how churches reacted to this book because it's pretty controversial. Uh, <laughs>
1: Um, I'm sure you know the, the answer to that one. <laughs> um, yeah, so, of course, a lot of people they're not too happy about it, especially like the bigger institutions, um, especially in other countries that I'm aware of. And uh, but of course, the, I, I've seen a very positive response because um, I think um, the generation now is a lot different than my parents' generation. You know, where I think my generation right now we're like more into like. Especially because of the, the the whole internet thing, you know, you could find out stuff on your own now. You know, you don't just have to listen to the pastor or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been mixed. Resp- it's like very opposite, extreme uh, reactions to it. So it's either like a love or hate kind of deal. And um, and and to me, that's kind of like a good thing because it has something. You know, um, I I've, I know a lot of people who. I actually read the book, um, some pastors, and I really have to wonder if I actually read the entire thing because some of the criticisms that they say I never brought up I actually did bring up. So it makes you wonder, you know, but I think a lot of it has to do with, um, with the loss of control because now I'm getting people within their congregation to think and, and they're not trying to, like, uh, you know, wreak havoc and, and cause division. That's not my point. You know, my point is for people to just finally... Uh, be honest with themselves. But um, but yeah, the, the reactions have been both positive and negative. And, and tomorrow's my first day for my book tour. And it's going to be at a church. And so <laughs> I haven't spoken about mm. my book at all until tomorrow. So that's going to be my first one. And then um, so yeah, all the other times that I've spoken at a church, I've nothing to do with my book in the past. So,
0: Well, I mean, are there any churches that you spoke at before, you were invited to speak at before, who don't really want you to come this time around?
1: Um, that I'm not sure. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised because even when I was um, speaking at some churches in the past, I would mention my book in some of my messages. I, you know, I'm writing a book. Um, some people have told me that they were wanting for me to come, with you know, do meetings with them again in 2014. This year, I never heard back from them. So, but I, I can't. I don't know. I, I would just like be speculating. So, I mean, who knows? <laughs> I don't know because of my book, but I, I have lost. I have lost a good number of people in my life um unfortunately that not not just with this because of this book or just because of my my teachings in general, but even the first day of the release of this book, I've had people who associated with me uh from the beginning who once literally the first day of my book was released they 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 didn't want to be um, associated with me anymore so hmm. and these are were questions. you warned
0: were you warned ahead of time by some uh, those close to you that maybe you should rethink about whether you need to write this book or even release it.
1: Uh, well, those people who did, are starting to distance themselves from me—surprisingly, they—I they, never heard anything from them uh, prior to that time. You know, we're not—we're not like really close, but like these would be people that would be you would be endorsing each other on each other's websites. You know, kind of like quote-unquote partners or whatever. Um, but I, no one has really told me not. Not that I could remember right now, no one's told me not to write. In fact, a lot of people have told me to write my book because it's been on my heart for, for years. In fact, um, I started writing my book back in 2010 when I was still a missionary to the Philippines. And uh, I already was sharing, like, some pretty, to some people, some pretty radical stuff to them when I was preaching, like, what we would call, like, a radical grace, you know, like this unconditional love message where God loves and embraces all people, you know, and... Um, so during that time, I was writing my book, but when I almost finished my book, literally, I was almost done with my book in 2010, I, I had more radical shifts. And that was the time I started questioning the doctrine of hell and and all that stuff. So during that time, uh, people were concerned about me questioning, uh, but I was still eventually going to pursue writing a book about it because it's just, it's so important, you know, like it just all these doctrines that I mentioned in my book about how it, it really does shape your life as a Christian, you know, of, of how you view the world. You know, like if you if something bad happens, you will blame the devil, or you know, if if you do something stupid, you'll be afraid you're going to go to hell. So that's one of the reasons why I, I wrote the book is because it really does shape the way you view the world as a as a Christian, you know. So.
0: Well, you mentioned a couple interesting things. Um, one thing in the book, like you've mentioned, you did actually question hell and his existence and what it really means. Um, but you also, uh, talk about what it means to be a Christian. Now, in the book, one of the first things you say, um, is that when you ask people to describe God, they may start it all right, but then they sort of fumble. So, what about, what about, um, if you were to describe what Christianity is to you as you know it now, like would you describe yourself as being Christian? What's your definition of, of Christian?
1: Yeah. Um, so if someone were to ask me if I'm a Christian, it's hard for me to answer that because uh, it depends on what that person's view of a Christian is. And, and I know for a lot of people, at least here in, in America, it's like a view of a Christian is someone who's very intolerant and, you know, bigot and, and very judgmental. They're against homosexuality. They're pro-war, all that stuff. Um, you know, for me, I don't know if I fall in that category. So, you know, even if I were to give the cliche answers about, like, a Christian is someone who follows Christ, I'd still ask, like, what does that mean, though? You know, because I follow the teachings of Christ the way I understand it to be, but I don't limit myself to just studying stuff from Christian teachers. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, Typically when I was, back in the day when I was, um, like, a, actually my whole life, it's like I, I would be following the Bible and then everything that that's not called Christian I would reject it, you know. But, but now these days, I don't even, personally, I don't even call myself a Christian, but I could if I want, you know, if I try to explain what I mean. But I don't just limit myself to just like the teachings of Jesus or the Bible um, I try to discover truth wherever it's found. So if I, if I could embrace something that uh, Gandhi, Gandhi said or Buddha or, or whoever, you know, or even there could be some positive stuff in the Quran, surprisingly, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I'm just willing to admit that that I, I, I was raised in the Christian tradition, and I don't deny that. So I'm very familiar with it, at least with the evangelical tradition. But I'm also willing to step out of that box uh, and also be able to explore other traditions in in order to discover truth that that could be able to be coherent with what I believe as as true. Because it's hard for me to label something Christian or not because it's very subjective. You know, everyone's definition of Christianity is so different, especially when you have 30,000-plus denominations. I'll just say, what, what kind of Christian is that? You know, we can't even agree with each other, you know. As you can tell, I mean, like, if my book, is you know, contradicting so many of the Christian beliefs out there that are so called Christian. Um this is just my experience of how I understand things. You know, so whether or not I'm right or wrong, um, as I mentioned in the book, this is just my journey growing up as a as a Christian. You
0: know? Well you you um also had a shocking confession in your book that although you're a pastor, uh you actually don't read the Bible every day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, <that's> not true. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm surprised you brought that up. You know, honestly, I, I don't. <laughs> um, I know that sounds really bad. I mean, I don't. I don't acknowledge that to a lot of people when I preach at a church because obviously I usually have a Bible in my hand. Um, I, I I don't. I mean, I, I love to read. Um, I don't remember the last time I picked up the Bible, and I know that could sound bad to a lot of people. Um, but I do know because I, I I try not to be. It's not even I try not, it's just I just don't. I mean, um, I have Bible verses still memorized in my head, you know what I'm saying? And I used to read the Bible, as you read in the book, like, I used to read it just to read it, because I would feel so bad, you know. It's kind of like just to get rid of your guilt, you know, that you're supposed to read it as a pastor. So I read it, and I got nothing out of it, but at least I read it, you know, so you could just get rid of the guilt for the day. And that's how much I was so stuck in legalism (laughs) growing up, but... I do appreciate the Bible. I'm not the type that I've seen. You know, I've seen you know a lot of atheists. I've seen a lot of people who are uh, ex Christians who just throw the throw away the Bible. They say the Bible's garbage and it's just filled filled with violence. Obviously, they're not taking the Bible very seriously because the Bible, in my opinion, is not is not totally off. I, as you've seen in the book, I, I do believe that there are some good treasures in there, um, but there's also some things that I do find problematic, and so we want to take it. And read it as objective, objectively as much as, as possible. And so, um, so yeah, I, di- I just don't read it sometimes because I just don't feel like reading it. And if I feel like reading it, I'll pick it
0: up. <laughs> right. And now you, you, you actually um, question a lot of things in in the Bible. We'll go over those a little bit later. But, um, you know, one of the things that was really interesting that actually attracted me to your videos was I, I watched you know the first thing I thought myself when I saw Re your videos which is basically about healing and, and how sure. you can heal yourself and um, I was thinking when I saw that you were a pastor I'm thinking to myself what you, what what you mentioned like, that most people think of Christian I'm thinking oh boy it's gonna be <laughs> one of those kind of videos but when I watched it I noticed that you brought in not only Bible, truths bible scriptures but you also brought in very uh secular things even just quotes from uh, movies and whatnot to <laughs> yeah. make your point and i thought that was really interesting so what do what do people think about you mixing the sort of secular uh truths in with scriptures How has the response been when some of them could very well be uh, described as metaphysical, and one yeah. of the videos you said, uh, you know, don't be afraid of my verbiage that yeah. I'm using. Yeah. You know, um, how do people, how do Christians, traditional Christians, fundamentalist Christians respond to you, um, mixing these sort of metaphysical, quantum physics, yeah. um, thoughts?
1: Yeah, and so, um, it's been, like I said before, it's like, uh, both positive and negative. It, it really, like, people don't, you know, when you, when you watch my videos, of course I'm speaking at a church, but I do try to to speak the language of the audience, or or I try to just stretch them just a little bit. But I do try to speak the language of the audience. So if I am more of a in a traditional church, I'll really tone it down. If I'm in a church where the pastor, I always, I mean, obviously, if a, if a pastor invites me to speak at their church, they must they must be familiar with my content, you know, of like of some of the things that I say. So I I do tend to ask for permission where, you know, can I say whatever I want? Are you familiar with my teaching on this and that? And if they say, yes, say whatever you want, then I tend to say whatever I want. Um, but for the ones that tell me, you know, kind of like the background of the churches, um, where some of them are more traditional, I, I do tend to, like, keep the language very Christiany sounding, you know? And so the one where you thought how to mm-hmm. heal yourself, that, that's, to me, that's a more of like a progressive type of church community. And um, I'm actually speaking there again next month, and uh, that... You know, it's it's weird because every you know when it's in a, when it's a big crowd, of course you can't please everybody, and so you'll have people who say, "I loved your teaching because I used to be a New Ager, but I gave up New Age to become a Christian, and, and now you showed me how you could bring the two and two together." You know, kind of, and then you have another person who says, "You're preaching, you know, yourself as total Antichrist. You're bringing New Age teachings in here or or secular ideas and stuff." And, and for me, I think that's the problem is what what people do. Is that they try to make these distinctions between the secular and the sacred, or the holy and the unholy, or or whatever? To me, um, like I mentioned before, truth is truth. <laughs> you know, um, I'll I'll fit away from the New Age language if it offends people to some degree, but I try to push it just a little bit, just to show people that hey, some of these people who are um, considered New New uh, New Age or New Thought, whatever you want to call them, they have some truths that we have to be open to. You know, and so I'm trying to, in a sense, bridge that gap. You know, because, um, like I said, there's been too much of this us them going on, and I want to show people, like, hey, don't be afraid to read books on on metaphysics or things that have to do with uh, new age or just something that's very different from from traditional Christian theology. You know, so I, I you know, I just learned that I can't please everybody, so I I, I don't try to totally speak exactly what people want to hear, but I, I try to push it just a little bit, just to stretch them a little bit, because, you know, I, I want them to, I want them to grow, you know, and at the same time, I don't, I try not to push it too hard, because I still want them to hear me out, you know, because the moment you just get all crazy, and mm-hmm. you speak a totally different language, it scares people away, and they don't want to listen to anything that you have to say after your couple of sentences that just, you know, makes them uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, so, but, um, so, you yeah, know, I try to play by ear, you know, whatever, whoever the, the audience is. Yeah.
0: right well we'll talk uh, we we'll know, talk about uh stretching um in your book you actually one by one you question everything from hell to the need for even a physical church to exist and also you even question some of the things that are the foundation of christianity like whether god really did send his son down to be sacrificed amongst yeah. other things and you know what moment in particular though led to that total change in tune from uh, following Christianity sort of to the letter and reading the Bible so that you could kind of wash the guilt out for the day to where you are spiritually yeah. today. Um,
1: for me it was probably just, be, it's just so, it could be cliche, though, but it's like, to me it was just love, honestly bro. It's like, my whole life man, I've been, I don't feel like I've been living as honest, you know, honestly with myself as much as I, I could have, you know, because my whole life, I, I would hear things at the pulpit, I would read things in Christian books, and it just didn't make sense to me at times, but, but because it didn't make sense to me, and these are like non-Christian, you know, how do I explain it? it's like, the moment I started to understand unconditional love, everything changed. Like, I started to see God in other people, even when Christians would tell me that God is not inside a non-Christian the moment I saw God in other people, man, it just, it just really changed everything. You know, and then I saw, I saw on how, quote unquote, dark the, the Christian world can be when you start to disagree with them, with, with people. You know, and, and I'm not trying to scapegoat them, I'm just trying to share my experience of what happened. The moment I started to question a lot of, um the teachings that I was taught growing up—um—just all hell broke loose, and I saw how nasty people can be. And it's not I mean, even just among Christians, you know. I, I'm sure it's everywhere, but it's just—just just my own experience about how many friends that I lost, and just all that stuff. And, and people, you know, just once again, just thinking about how many denominations that we have, and, and the different interpretations of the Bible. I'm like, you know, there, there, there's something wrong here, you know, when everyone's claiming to have the absolute truth on things. It's like we're all contradicting each other. So I just thought to myself, you know, maybe we got some things wrong, not not just in, interpreting the Bible, but just as any human being, we all make mistakes. So why couldn't the authors of the Bible make mistakes too, which is normal, because there are people that were bound by their culture and limited by their own time, you know. And so I just started to follow my heart and just realize, like, man, all these years I look back, you know, I used to study a lot of uh, philosophy and stuff, and, and I used to actually read a lot of, books on atheism that actually made sense to me at the time but I didn't want to acknowledge it because I was scared to admit that they made sense and so what I would do is I would read all these books on Christian apologetics and you know how to defend my faith just to reaffirm what I already was supposed to believe because it's what I was supposed to believe (laughs) but then I wasn't being true to myself you know and so I can't say it's like one moment it was like it was a journey for me uh, you know, because I'd always have these thoughts at the back of my head, like, dude, that doesn't make sense to me, <laughs> but um, I'm supposed to believe it as a Christian, you know. And so, I, I, like I said, it's just a process of just learning to let go and learn the truth and discover the truth and just continue. Just learn. It was very humbling for me because um, you see me now, like like if you watch, I'm pretty chill, you know, usually I'm just like chilling and just sitting down on a chair talking. But, but back in the day, I was very dogmatic, very uh, in-your-face, You're like, you better do this, you better believe this if you're a real Christian, and blah, 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 very legalistic, so a lot of people are really surprised at how I ended up. Of course, a lot of people are actually happier, um, because, you know, the ones that I used to judge in the past are a lot happier of how I am now, (laughs) because I'm not as good as I used to be, you know, so it's definitely been a process, man.
0: And there was even a time, you mentioned in the book, when you would be open to talking to different religions, but really your secret agenda was to sort of uh, convert them into Christianity. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's sad. <laughs> it's really sad. It was very disingenuous, just like my approach. I mean, I did that every week, bro. Like, I used to, like, I was like a hardcore, eva- I was even talking about life about that yesterday. Like, I would go to all these different universities every single week. Like, that, you know, it's not my school. I, like, I was still a seminary student at the time. Every Thursday, I would go to different colleges, um, universities, just to evangelize as many people as much as, much as I could. And um, I remember I would meet some amazing people, um, but I just had my agenda, you know, because they were going to hell in my, in my view at the time. You know, and um, now I, I see things differently. So, um, I'm just as passionate now, if not more, as I was before, but I think now I'm just, I'm more humbled because I realize, yeah, there's, there's so much for me to still learn about other cultures and to hear their story that I don't know why they ended up believing the stuff that they believe. Look at me. Yeah. You know, growing up as a Christian who claimed to supposedly have the truth, look how much I've had to unlearn uh, even within my own tradition. So, so I just needed to take a step back and realize Um, I'm not as smart as I as I thought I
0: was. Well, you know, we began the program talking a little bit about the the fact that healing was one of the ways that really opened up a lot of doors for you. But you mentioned that in your book there was a point when you started to wonder if the only reason people were really interested in you or maybe inviting you to their church to speak or becoming friends with you was because you had these gifts. And it's been a while since we've seen sort of newer videos of healing. Is there a reason for
1: that? Um. I mean, just the only reason is it's just a simple one, I just because I've been focused on other things, like writing my book and then um, speaking on other topics other than healing. So it's nothing like big. <laughs> you know, Um I'm still, I still do it. I mean, I'll be speaking in San Diego tomorrow and then the, the pastor last night told me to, uh, that there's people that are going to be coming to do healing. So whether or not that's recorded, I mean, I still do this stuff all the time. It's just, it's just not being posted online, you know. Because I teach a lot of the same stuff all the time, so I wouldn't want to be poking the same kind of content all the time, mm-hmm. pretty much. So, but as you know, in my even in my book and in my videos, um, I'll like I'll kind of put it in quotes about like healing gifts because I, I believe that everybody can do what I do, you know. And I, and I think that's something that has been on my heart um, for, for Christians to understand that that you know people would put me on a pedestal. Uh, in the Philippines and here because they think that I'm unique and I'm not in that sense, you know Of uh, When it comes to healing, it's something that everybody can do, but I was concerned about that, you know, for For at some time, especially when you're new to a country who doesn't really know you except for that whole thing about me because I do healing, you know, and then I would have very Shallow conversations, it's just like how many miracles happen at your church? I mean, I would learn yes, I'm, ser- I'm serious, bro. Like I would I got connections pretty well once I got to the Philippines. Like, I, I got hooked up with meeting some really well-known guys in the scene. And the first thing, bro, that they would ask me, one of the first things would be, like, how many miracles happened at your church last But You know, and honestly, bro, like, it, it's cool that they get excited, but but in the long run, those things ultimately don't matter to me. In the long run, like, ultimately. You know, for me, it's like what I was concerned about were the relationships that they would get to know me for me. So it's cool. You know they're into healing and all that stuff that I that I do, but but deep down I just wanted to know. You know, would you be cool with me just because of just who I am as a person? You know, where you get to see my flaws, you get to see my weaknesses. You know, or or is it just are you just interested in me speaking in your church? And, because I've had opportunities, man, where I'd be like doing these healing services, and after I speak at these churches, you know, I bounce and then that's it. They don't keep in touch with me after that ever again. I'm like, man, these are a lot of these. Churches that I was, um, you know, quote-unquote connecting with, it was very shallow, like the relationships, you know, and I would do some of their dirty work for them, honestly, because it's like, there was, you know, I won't mention any names, but, like, I was part of, like, speaking at some of the the most well-known churches in the Philippines, and and they would, like, have these undercover pastors that were understanding this message of grace that I would be preaching, you know, because I started from the ground up there, like, grassroots, you know, and I was just doing my own thing sharing and some of these pastors would get a hold of this message and, and they would be too afraid to um, preach it out their churches, so they would have me do it. And then after I would do it for them, you know, they would hardly even keep in touch with me anymore after that. And I'm just like, wow, you know, I, it just got very shallow for me, bro. And I don't know if I'm asking for too much. I, I was just looking for real relationships because it's very easy to get caught up into the celebrity scene and, you know, who's a cool pastor, you know, to me that's all... I mean, that's just BS, <laughs> I, mean, just BS. Mm-hmm. I
0: don't really care about that <laughs> Right. Well, let me ask you one more question about that um, and then we'll move forward. Um, you know, you mentioned that that you're not special. You are just like anyone else and people can heal themselves one of the uh, You have a, a really great series of videos which I encourage people who are interested in that sort of thing to check out uh, that's on YouTube yeah. um, And you have it kind of divided up in ten different uh, sort of mini mini um, videos yeah. um, But without going into the details of how to do it. Uh, I did have one question about that yeah. um, and, and one of the things you say in it is that, uh, that Someone needs to get into the feeling place Place of having already healed themselves or having already healed that yeah. person. How do you do that? How do you get into that emotional state where you feel like okay, it's it's a done deal. I've already you know um, uh,
1: I've
0: already healed this person or made them taller like you did in those videos, or <laughs> that
1: sort of thing. Right, right. Um, well, there's different ways, of course. It depends on the person of what would actually work for them. And so, um, like I mentioned in the, the video, it's like because we're all concerned about the technique, right? It's whatever technique will work for you. Whatever will build you up to come to that point. So some of the ways that I mentioned in the clip would be like speaking words. You know, like sometimes, like I'm sure we've all done this. Like when we're discouraged, we would see, speak positively just to kind of build ourselves up. Like like a new song I just you know called Happy. You know, because I'm happy. You, and I like singing that a lot now. You know, and, and sometimes when you're feeling down, you just say something, and then all of a sudden you reach a quote unquote a state of consciousness where you just feel it right? So, so words can be one way. Um, visual, visualization could be another, like your meditation, where, you, where, you're, where you're saying something in, in your mind's eye, or even just going crazy and just doing some sort of action, just doing something, you know? So there's different ways that you could actually do it. And so for me, it's like it's visualization, speaking words, listening to something that just all of a sudden I hear a message that just... All of a sudden, you you just reach this state of just awareness where it just feels so real for you at this moment. And so I'm glad you brought that up because the feeling, I think, is the main element that people are missing. That when people read stuff like the Law of Attraction and all that stuff, um, and I'm sure you're aware of, it's like they'll they'll, they'll try all these different techniques and like, oh, I prayed or I said in Jesus' name or I visualized and nothing happened. And then that's the problem, it's not your words, it's not it's not your thoughts that, that create the, the healing, it's, it's faith. And faith is usually evidenced by how you feel. And so I just use the feeling as just like an indicator of just showing that, that that's probably a genuine faith that you have it now. Like if you tell someone you're rich, you have nothing to worry about, don't worry about, you're not going to struggle financially, blah, blah, blah. If you keep saying rich and rich and rich and rich and rich, and you don't feel it, then you don't believe it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you feel it, you believe it. So how do you get to that point? Like I said, you could be watching something, you could be listening to something, you could be saying something with your words, or you could be visualizing. You'd be visualizing someone handing you money, or whatever. So there's just there's just many ways, it just depends on the person. Whatever works for you. So if you want to sound all Christianity, according to your faith be it empty. Yeah, so it's not a one. Okay. No, you talk... Oh, go ahead. Okay,
0: <laughs> now, you talk very uh, lovingly a lot about your wife in the book, and you've done a, quite a bit in the videos I've watched just as well. Now, um, how much uh, of her support and her love um, really has a lot to do with the success that you've had and the happiness that you've had in
1: your oh, life? Man. Everything, man. <laughs> You know, like, um, of course, I was, the, you know, we've only been married for, um, it's only going for, going on for the third year uh, this month. So we're actually celebrating our anniversary next week. And so we're, we're fairly newlyweds in that sense. So, I mean, I was already, quote, unquote, having a success with all these things prior to meeting her. But to me, just meeting her, just life is so much better, um, especially after a lot of the stuff that we go through, um, sharing this kind of message that we share. To the Christian world, you know, when I when I first met my wife, um, we actually got together after two weeks. You know, I felt her like after the first day, and I wanted to get with her, like you know. And and after two weeks, I just asked her, you know, would you like to be with me and all that stuff, and and I just said, you know, if you're gonna be with me, are you are you ready <laughs> for the stuff that you're gonna have to endure? for the flack that I get, for the message that I share. Because the, the, the crazy thing is, I met my wife at the time that I wanted to leave the Philippines. And I didn't mention that in the book, but I was getting so much criticism from the churches, from the mega churches. um and I mean, the, the rumors that would be spread about me through even text messages, because text messaging is big in the Philippines. And, and people would be calling me like a cult leader or a false teacher. And then all of a sudden, that week, I wanted to go back to America. Literally, I told people, I'm going back to America. I, I've had enough, and I'm still single, so it was really hard for me, you know, coming to an empty home and, and hearing all these negative voices in my head from all these churches, and, you know, I didn't have a big church, you know, and um, and you saw in the book, I stopped going to church, you know, and then I met my wife that same week that I decided to go back to America, you know, and obviously I did have staying in the Philippines for a couple more years, and she just been like a huge... Uh, Joy to me, bro. Just a big support. Like, she's, she's tough, man. Like, like, when she reads, like, my nasty emails, she gets more pissed off than I do. You know, I'm kind of a chill one that <laughs> tells her to calm down, you know. But so it, it's really interesting and how, um just to have someone by my side to just remind me that I'm not crazy. You know, like, all the times when I would, like, <laughs> hearing all these negative things and, you know, well-respected people condemning me or people telling me that I'm going to hell and then my wife would just say, you know, Josh, I know, she, you know, she would always say that, Josh, I know your heart. I know your heart. You know, even when I was um, dropping her off at work today, she, you know, she was just saying, you know, you're going to have fun with the interview." You know, just like, it's nice having that, man. <laughs> you know, if I, if I was home alone, you know, just all this stuff that's going on, I, I, honestly, I don't know on how I would take it, you know. Would I be okay? I believe so, because I believe that I'd always be okay no matter what you know, but it's just it's just a a joy to have my wife with me it just makes life a lot funner
0: <laughs> well you talk about her so lovingly, it brings up the subject you know as a pastor um and you mentioned a little bit of this in your book, but um you know you run run across all kinds of of love. What is your personal view about gay marriage and Homosexuality. Oh man, and, I've
1: never gone public um, with this, bro. <laughs> I've had my, I've had so many people ask me this question, uh, but I've I've never gone public with it. Um, hmm, should I answer this? Okay, <laughs> uh, 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 let me. Say it, it can be... <laughs> um, I. Okay. I, I, you know, my views changed so much, man. And like when I was in the Philippines, and I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's very common. Homosexuality is very common in the Philippines. Um, and we had gay friends. You know, in fact, uh, one of my closest friends is actually gay. And my sister, I mean my, my sister, my, my wife, um, my best friend growing up was also gay too. And these are wonderful people. And to try to keep it as simple as possible, um, I just leave it up to them to choose whatever they want to choose. And I don't understand how all this stuff happened. You know, I did one that way. You know, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but to me, no matter what, man, I accept them, and I don't judge any of them. Honestly, I don't. I don't judge any of them. To me, I love them. Anybody. In fact, the one who who married us, my wife and I, she was uh, she. She lived a, a homosexual lifestyle in the past. You know, she she doesn't do it now for whatever her reasons, for her own convictions. But but no matter what she chooses, I will still love her no matter what. And I wouldn't tell her to stop doing it or whatever. You know, because honestly, I don't understand how all that stuff is. You know, I mean, we're all different. We're all unique. If if there's there's something that leads to a destructive lifestyle, then I would say something. But I do know people, surprisingly to Christians, they don't understand. There are people out there who live good lifestyles, who love people, who quote-unquote love God, and they're living that lifestyle. So who am I to judge them? I know I'm going to take a lot of flack for that. See what you did, buddy. (laughs) You made me go it with all this stuff. But yeah, I I just accept all people. If if they're not hurting anybody, if they're not hurting themselves, why not? (laughs) Yeah. That's just my personal view, bro. That's just my, and and there's a lot of Christians who will disagree with me. But I, you know, honestly, I I just don't buy a lot of the stuff, all the criticisms that I've heard against gay people man like my my gay friends in the Philippines are just some of the most loving people I've ever met in my whole life and they've been through so much help like so much help from the Christian Church why 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 should I add to that why you know <laughs> that's that's my thoughts mm mm-hmm.
0: well, well my last question for you is a, a big a big deal for Christianity and that's the topic no, of dear. Satan now you you question your belief of Satan in the book and you, you stop short of saying that he doesn't exist but you, what you do do is you do actually pose a question if people blame him for things um, that they're responsible for is that really the responsible thing yeah. to do so what is your personal view of who Satan is and whether or not he really is the way that most Christians view um, him or it or yeah. her to be
1: <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, right. Um, well, that's a big thing man uh surprisingly you know i I've questioned the doctrine of hell for a while, but for some reasons, when I question saying that pisses off people even more you know um for whatever reason, if I had people even walk out of my my teachings during the time that I would teach they would they would uh, walk out because they just they're offended um so it's hard because, you know, it's like, that's I'm hoping that the people who hear this, this interview would be able to at least read the, the resources that I recommend in my book because obviously I'm just getting people to question it, but there's a whole other way to understand Satan or, or with, the, with the article, the, the Satan in the Bible. So, I mean, when we think about Satan within just popular Christianity, we just think of a fallen angel who's tempting everybody in the world. But when you look at scholarship, you know, even today, there's a whole other way of understanding Satan and the devil. And, uh, for my quick answer would be, because that Satan, if it's not limited to just being a fallen angel, which I believe to be very, uh, little support for it to be in the Bible, but that's a whole other issue. But, but my understanding would be, why, why can't something satanic be something like the dark side of humanity, or or fear itself, or the ego, or destructive behaviors, or people who, you know, like, people who are, like, hooked on drugs, you know, it's like they have their, they're dealing with their demons. Why can't we look at it like that, you know, especially within our culture, you know? And so I, I tend to believe that we tend to manifest uh, the way the satanic Satan works. is like it manifests according to our culture, the way we understand the world. You know, like, if I go to certain parts of the Philippines, or if I go to Africa, is going to manifest in all these like kind of like crazy monster, you know, you know, those crazy demonic manifestations. And I've been there and I've seen all that stuff. You know, not in Africa per se, but but even in America, seeing people manifest all those crazy things. But usually, as I've noticed within this Christian culture, it's depending on the mindset of the community, it tends to manifest according to the mindset of, of certain individuals. You know, and we do have this whole idea of the collective, you know, collective consciousness of, of how we are as a people, of the ideas that we have, I mean, you, you don't see like an atheist manifest demonic activity, why not? Because they don't mm-hmm. believe in demons, <laughs> you know, but, but a Christian would come back and say, well, because the devil, you know, already has him, you know, but the devil is, you know, wants against the Christian, you know, so, you know, so they come up with these really interesting theologies that, for me, I just don't, don't get into those kinds of things anymore, that kind of mindset and, Um, You know whether something is a fallen angel or not. I do not deny the reality, the reality, reality of evil in this world. There's a lot of sick, inflicted things that I've seen. Um, My thing is that I'm posing in the book is that I I just get a bit tired of people scapegoating the devil all the time because I've I've seen that firsthand of people in high positions in the Philippines and in America of after they fall into quote unquote sin. They blame the devil. And I just find that very irresponsible of them. Um, maybe it is. Maybe there is a fallen angel that's like tending them on their shoulder. I don't know. But to me, I just, I just don't like the whole blame game going on, you know. And I just would want people to take more responsibility. And it just makes this world a better place when we just stop talking about monsters and demons. And, you um, know, I think it's like my whole life I was afraid of demons, you know. I saw stuff when I was growing up, you know. I mean. Like growing up in a charismatic church, people saw demons all the time. You know, people see demons on walls and blood coming out of the mouth and, you know, uh, people getting choked at Bible study. But those are happening, believe it or not, those are happening at the times when I would be teaching those kinds of things. And so if people want that kind of lifestyle. For me, I don't. And my lifestyle, my life now, is just so much different where it's so crazy because I don't even think about the devil at all. Like, I don't. Um, like if a problem happens I don't think about it it's the devil um, maybe I'm deceived but if I was deceived I wouldn't know it right so, <laughs> so I know, I, I know I my life, my life's better now you know and, and I take full responsibility for the things my, my choices that I make the things that I put in my mind you know that are probably bad ideas and I end up living it out whatever it is I take full responsibility for it. and so that's just why I'm at on my journey now who knows who knows what I'll end up believing five years from now about the devil you know but it could be not just an angel, but it could be structures and institutions, you know, that are just controlling people, controlling the masses, you know, and um, so I don't just want to limit it to it being a fallen angel. I think we need to make it broader, (laughs) our understanding. So.